0: Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and co Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? Pretty good. He's full of excitement as usual, guys. You can tell he's revved up right from the
1: start. (laughs) I'm sitting normally as I usually am, but (laughs) apparently I'm smiling more. Yes, you are smiling. Did you have a good weekend? I did, yeah. I mean, things are going well. I mean, um, a brief moment, you know, that my my mother-in-law fell, Mm -hmm. but she's recovering, so prayers continue. That'd be great. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I know. We're still in the middle of Exodus 90. I believe we're on week four, day 21, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, for all you brothers out there that are doing that and have signed up on the waiting list and going through it now with all of us, know we're praying for you. And uh, I know it gets difficult. I've, I've faced some struggles with it uh, myself over the last few days, but um, just remember what we're doing it for and the sacrifices and continue to persevere and lean on your brothers and your fraternities. But uh, again, I want to thank Exodus 90 for sponsoring the show and just for helping us get started with all of that. It's been a great, um, just a great experience for me. I know it has for you and for our fraternity here locally. Um, I also want to say thank you to the new patrons. we've had several over the last couple of uh, days over the weekend. Um, Joseph came on board, Carlos, several other guys have come in and, and they've signed up um, you know for for a lot of different things through the patron. but I want to invite everybody to remember what what you're getting with the patron. Uh, when you sign up, you're first of all, you're supporting the ministry and everything we're doing here. Uh, second of all, you get, the merchandise, you know, whether you whatever level you sign up on, you get different things. Whether it's the the mug, the the koozie, the shirt, um, and now the narrow road, you know, that's coming out in March. We've been talking about it, and just very quickly, guys, if you're wondering what it is, we're going to be putting out stuff. You're going to see the ads on social media and all the things on the website for it here soon. That's going to tell you more information. But just very quickly, it's a simple tool for you to use to start following Christ um, closer in your life. Uh, You know, we've talked about this multiple times, but so many guys come and they say, I wanna follow Jesus, but I get overwhelmed, right? There's just people start giving you step after step after step. Next thing you know, it's the 58 steps in one day to follow Jesus. And guys get overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. we put things down. So what we've done is try to come up up with something that's simple, things that, that I've done in my life, that you've done in yours to grow closer to Christ, um, and those things are trying to live a virtue every month. So you're going to focus on that. The first one in March is going to be charity. It's learning how to live that virtue in the main relationships of your life with your, with, first of all, with God, with your wife, with your children, with your neighbors. Um, if you're not married, you know, you can spend an extra week on God and your neighbors, or either one, you'll have two extra weeks in there. If you aren't married, what I would recommend in that case for a guy is. If you're wanting to, if you're discerning marriage at some point in your life, if you're a younger guy or something, or maybe a guy that is looking to get married at a, you know, at the point in his life he is now, pray for your spouse, pray for those future children, use that opportunity for that. But this is going to help you with a virtue in your life every single month, not just for an hour a week like we could spend in a men's group, but for an entire month, 30 days focusing on those four main relationships in your life. You're also going to be reading the gospel every day. One of the things that I used to hear from a lot of guys is, well, I don't have a Bible with me at work, or I don't have an app that has the Bible on it. Well, guess what? The gospel readings are there on the page for you every day now. You can read them and write your thoughts down. Uh, you're going to learn to, to ask God what he's saying to you so that you can listen to what he is, what he's saying, build that relationship and write that down every day and really focus on the messages that God's trying to give you. You're going to learn to pray. There's going to be prayers every day. You know, if you, not that you don't know how to pray, mm-hmm. but you're going to learn some extra prayers that are going to help you live those virtues in your life. Um, there's the act of charity prayer in the first month, litany of humility. There's generally a prayer for every sort of virtue we're going to be going through. So you're going to learn some things like that that'll keep you on track. But I love the opportunities for grace chart in it too. Uh, this is something that I'm looking forward to keeping up with myself. That I've done over the years, got kind of lax on it, but I'm ready to start again. And it's just these simple things that you can start checking back on your day every week. Uh, you know, every day of every week. And you can look back and say, man, what did I do positively in my spiritual life? So many times as guys, we we get negative, right? We, we start to look at all the things we're not doing. This is to shine light on the positive. I, I prayed every morning. I spent time with my wife and kids almost every night this week. Uh, I went to a daily mass. I went to confession. Whatever it is, you can, you can look at the positives that are going on in your spiritual life and go from there. So this is all coming out in March. They're going to come to your front door every month. You gotta sign up at the $20 patron level. When you do, you're gonna get um, the koozie, you're gonna get the book, you're gonna get videos that come along with the narrow road that are gonna walk with you. Every week I'll have a video on that virtue and how to live it in your life. You're also going to get access to all the extra interview portions we've done with you know, Jason Everett and Bill Donahue and all the people we continue to interview. And you're going to get the deeper dives into the podcast that we put out every week, too. So there's a lot to it. It's not just a book for $20. bucks. you are going to get a whole lot more. But most importantly, like we always say, you're going to support the evangelization of men. This is your ministry as much as it is Victor's and mine. And this is an opportunity for you to go out and to bring other men to Christ by using the resources and the podcast and everything else we have here. So thank you for the support of those that have been supporting us. Uh, I can't wait to get those things in your hand. And if you haven't, you can go to com, click support, go there, or you can go to patreon.com slash pewministries. So thanks, guys. I'm excited to get that out there and get it in your hands in March. All right, on to the show. So this week I was looking on uh, our patron site, uh, the f- private Facebook group that guys get access to when they're patrons too. I forgot to say that a minute ago, but you do get access to that. And some of the guys were just throwing out show topics and something I saw a couple times in there and in some private messages that guys sent me was about money. And, you know, <laughs> that should be something that's not new to any of us. Money can be such a struggle in our lives. Um, you know, guys, guys just seem to have an issue with it, right? We're, we're, we're bred from the time we're younger to work and work hard and amass things and and start to just really build a life so you can provide and protect and, and have all the things that you want in life or maybe the things you didn't have as a child. And a common thing that gets thrown out when we talk about money uh, you know, and how it can be an idol or something in your life is the verse from 1 Timothy, Timothy 6.10 that says, For the love of money is the root of all evils, and some people in their desire for it have strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains. Now, what people hear in that is money is the root of all evil. That's what's said 90% of the time when somebody's quoting that is money is the root of all evil. But what it actually says is for the love of money right. is the root of all evil. Money in itself is not inherently bad. It's something that God gives you. I mean, God allows you to have it. It's not something that's just intrinsically evil about money. It's just when it becomes the focus of our life. And it's not just that verse. I mean, you can read in Hebrews 13, 5. Let your life be free from the love of money, but be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. So there again, free from love of money. Ecclesiastes five nine. he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor will he who loves wealth with gain. This is also vanity. That There you go again from the beginning, he who loves money. So it's not money of itself. It's when we allow money to become the focus of our life, when it becomes an idol or a golden calf in our life, um, you know, I mean, it does have its purpose. There's, there's plenty of good things that get done with money, right? You provide for your family, you give them a home, you, it allows you to have transportation to go and do your job. It puts food on the table. You can, you can provide for others. It, It provides for the church, right? So money has its uses, but the problem is when it becomes an idol or a golden calf. And, you know, Victor, I've shared this with you off the air, and I think I've mentioned it maybe over the course of one of these 97 shows, but, you know, that was a huge problem I had amongst my addictions and things. You know, I was I was a guy that was in sort of a unique situation. You know, a lot of times when people are addicted, you see people that are on the street and they don't have a lot of money and they're they're working to feed that addiction or trying to panhandle or whatever maybe. In my case, I had a job where I was making a lot of money. So I could spend money on whatever I wanted to as far as drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, all those kind of things. And it became a problem in my life. The more money I made the more I wanted, right? The more I was trying to amass. It was I was putting my arms around it. it was my money. I can remember how many times that I would go and 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 go to great lengths, you know, hiding how I was getting money out of the bank for drugs and spend maybe a hundred dollars a day or every other day on drugs and alcohol. And, and I took care of the books, right? Like I handled all the accounting. So Angela never saw any of that. She trusted me with that. And but yet she would come in or I'd see something hit the credit card on the phone a hundred dollars at target and i would get livid you know that was my money what are you spending money on i need to know everything you bought like i would really just i'd get the receipt and go you said you were going for one thing why do you have 50 things and it was because i felt like she was using my money and i and, and for what what was it needed for she needed to 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 show me a reason to spend money where i could do whatever i wanted with it right it wasn't our money it was my money and it caused so many problems in my life and i think a lot of the addiction with cocaine was fueled by that too because i wanted to just i had this desire to make more and more money so i could feed these habits and so you know money was very destructive in my life like i look back and it wasn't just the pornography that i struggled with or the cocaine it was the money became a huge issue and it and it it really drove apart angela and I in a lot of ways because she just got sick of it she's like i've got a job too why are you sitting here asking me about money? I make money. Why is it your money? But that's when money becomes a focus in our life or an idol, we begin to worship it. We begin to seek it. It becomes ours, and we want to protect it and keep it as our own. And it's it's, it's certainly something that has caused a lot of divorces in this country mm-hmm. You know, with all these separate bank accounts and prenups and all these things that are out there. When money becomes the focus of our relationship or it becomes a God in our lives, we're bound for trouble.
1: Well, what you're, you're definitely getting to is the aspect that the love of money is, is the evilness because what you're doing, you're replacing God. You should love God with all your heart. Like we talked about shows a couple of days ago, why love God with all your heart, strength, mind, and body, right? Mm-hmm. But then what happens is that that love becomes a disease, and that's what that word avarice comes from. That's when someone who is so consumed with amassing wealth, that it's just to kind of gain as much as they can, mm-hmm. and that becomes toxic to them, to their heart, to where they can't give, they can't give freely, they don't want to give freely, and and it becomes a point to where it it damages relationships, like you were just sure. saying, and and I think that's what kind of what Christ is talking about. Jesus is saying, don't let money, you know, go into your bones and rot your your soul. Sure. Because that's what that's happening.
0: Right, and if you look at Christ, I mean, there's there's times where He's angered where there's money, right? right? Like he gets angry when it's put before God, like when the the money changers were in the temple and, and, and basically defacing the house of God. He was angry then. But for the most part, whenever he's asked about money, I mean, he just says, you know, like, like he said um to to about Caesar, right? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Mm-hmm. Give to God what's God. Like he knows there's a purpose for it but he he is angered when its that purpose becomes greater than god or when it replaces god i mean there's times where he provides it right where 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 when people ask for something he provides it like with the taxes you know right after that passage he tells peter to go pull a fish out of the sea and open his mouth, and there's the two coins to pay their two taxes for him. So God is, like, Jesus understands there's a use for money. There's a need for it. But
1: it's when it becomes a problem in your right. life. Well, he didn't, like, he didn't want to get arrested for tax evasion. Right, you know, that's so. right. <laughs> He didn't want Matthew hot on his head. No, right, <laughs> <That's> right.
0: <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, the problems are it gives us things like, it gives us a false sense of, of hope and security. Sure. You know, um, that's you know that's part of God's role in our life. It's We should find our hope and our security in God. But so many of us, we don't ever feel secure in God, so we start amassing everything we have, so that if anything mm-hmm. happens, I've got enough money to pay for everything. Whether there's an accident or my house is destroyed, or or you know the, the market crashes, I've got all this money put away so I can I can do something with it, but um, and I can have that security, but that's money that that's like building your house on sand right that's what jesus was saying i mean not particularly about money in that instance but it's a good example when you're building your life around i'm secure on a piece of paper that has an amount drawn on it that that amount means something as long as that means something right if there's a if the country goes into some sort of turmoil the the market crashes any of those things that security is gone yeah in a heartbeat, like I remember, in what was it, two thousand seven or two thousand eight? Two thousand eight, the yeah. housing yeah. market crash. Right. right, and my dad was getting ready to retire after forty five years at at Genuine Parts, Napa Auto Parts, and that crashed like six months before he was going to retire. And I don't remember he had a lot of money in four hundred one k. Let's just say that. And he told me what he lost, and I I was like, Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like you're because he was about to to retire so he could there was no way he was ever gonna get that money back me i'm 30 something years old and i've got the rest of my life for that to bounce back with the market right but it was just gone Mm -hmm. you know And and he told me he said john that's why i plan different ways for different things but like it just showed me this stuff that we we put our trust in and our hope in and our faith in can be gone in an instant um and it should not our hope and our security should be placed squarely on god not on things that can that are fleeting and can be gone in a moment. Um, you know that's that's one of the biggest problems with it is we begin to replace that that good need for God in our life. Like He should be that security blanket. He should be what we turn to in times of 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 prosper you know prosperous times or in times of bleakness of of depleted times. And we should we should look to Him for that. It also breeds within us a lie of self sufficiency. Right, like when you start making all this money, I remember I started kind of telling myself I don't need anybody or anything. Right, I'm making all this money, I can buy what I want, do what I want. You know, I, I, I it gets me in places that that you know I couldn't get into before. Like it just it it builds within you that I don't need anything, and you stop trusting God. Right, like you right, quit yeah. looking for Him to provide. It's like you know I don't need you, God. I'm doing well over here, right? I've got tons of money in the bank. Got the big house. Got the TV I want. Got the car I want. Got the boat. All these things I've got going on. I don't need anything because I can provide for myself. You know, God, that's that's for people who need something like that. But I'm set up because I've got all this money, right? That's the attitude that we can have, and that's how money can can really. Transform us to trick us into thinking I've built an impen, impenetra- impenetra- I'm trying to say that impenetrable you get it. castle right. or or a place in my life where I don't need anything or anybody. You know I'm self sufficient, and you completely cut God out of that. It is so much easier as I did to walk away from God and say I've got what I need. When you have th- those kind of means, right? It, it's just that for whatever reason you quit depending on him as much and it damages that relationship
1: and it can put you in a bad place like it did me well when it says to fully love god and to fully trust god what does that mean that means we we are fully we need to be fully detached from anything in the world right Mm -hmm. but are we yeah not often (laughs) you know and that's why it's so hard to really fully trust christ even though we know we can even though we know we should and know we ought to. We just have a hard time pulling back. You know, sure. we want we want to. always have something in like arm's length to reach to in case in case we're, we're some like you said something happens, and we do our best in prayer life to grow and to trust fully, but yet we always go well. At least I got that 401. You know, if mm-hmm. everything you know, you, you kind of have that sure. self-assuredness and stuff. But but for the, the, the what makes people the saints become saints and the virtue. Is that they fully gave up everything sure. to serve God, to love God, to follow whatever He has them to do, and that's what we should be working towards, right? Right. Yeah. And I want to, and
0: I just want to say re- very quickly for people that are being smart and putting money away that's and fine. wanting to prepare yeah. for their retirement and, and be able to live off that without having to worry—that's fine. Again, the point is when the love of money. Becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Money in itself is not an issue. The love of money is when you're putting it on a pedestal above everything else, when it becomes a God in your life. Um, you know, the next thing I would say is it becomes our master, right? That's really what I would describe money was in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. If I had a God, it was that. Um, it allowed me, as I said, to do all the other things I was doing in my life and to hide it and all of that because I was in control of the money too. I, I purposely did the bills so Angela wouldn't see it, what I was doing. Um, but if you look, like when you come, when you become obsessed with money, your whole lives are built around it. You know, there's never enough, right? Like that's all we want. That's all we think about. It's never enough. Like I made really good money when I was working at Napa. Angela made good money. We had plenty, but it still was never enough. Like I remember the first time I got, you know, what a three thousand dollar paycheck when I first started as a young salesman. I was like, wow, it's a ton of money, you know. Next thing you know, I got a six thousand. I was like, "Wow, this is a ton of money too." Then a ten, and then bigger checks. And no matter the amount, they were impressive the first time or the second time. But then it was like, "Man, I only made this much. I only made yeah. six grand this month." You know, I, I should have made this. I want this. I want this. I want this. It, it's never enough. When it when that becomes the focus of your life, you're constantly chasing it because. There's you just you're spending it as well, right? Like the more money you got, the more you're spending it. So we see so many people in debt in this country. Mm-hmm. You know these these athletes and things that make millions of dollars, and then three years after they're out of a sport, they're broke because of the 17 houses they bought and the 4,000 cars and all their buddies they were paying for and all of that. But it it just it's never enough. So and it makes us not want to part with it too, right? When you have that abundance for some reason, your heart your heart starts to harden and you don't want to share as much. I remember. You know when we would go to church when Angela would drag me to church back then, like I wouldn't want her to give. She's like, "Well, I'm going to give fifty bucks." I'm like, "No, give 20. You know, it was just because again, it was an attack. That's my money. Who's opening the bank door and letting somebody get in there and get my money out? And we become very hard-hearted with it, and we become greedy. You know, you look at the rich man, the rich young man that came to Christ and Christ, and he had that desire to follow him. You know, he was asking, "Teacher, how do I? How do I become? How do I uh, bec- become your follower? How do I do the things that you're talking about doing?" He's like, sell everything you got and come follow me. And he couldn't do it because he had that attachment to everything he had. He was afraid of what's gonna happen when I get rid of that. He didn't trust God enough to be able to give it away and follow him. And he was worried about losing all that he had amassed. You know, he went away sad because he was a slave to his possessions. Money had become his master. And that happens a lot in our life if we're not careful. And it lends itself to that greed right? We don't want to give things away. When you're sitting there constantly grabbing everything you can grab, mm-hmm. you're kind of hoarding, right? Your arms wrap around that. Look what happened. You know, there's there's places that, you know, I've read that where the, the you know, Scripture thinks that, that that Judas was pilfering from the money that was coming in he controlled for the, the ministry, purse, because yeah. he controlled right. the purse, mm-hmm. right? Well, look at that. Like, if he was taking a little bit here and there, what did he wind up doing? He sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, Money became so important to him that he traded the Son of God, the Messiah, for 30 pieces of silver. Now, what does that do in your life? Because for a lot of us right now, you know, that can be a metaphor for us. Money is becoming so important in our, in our life that we're selling out Jesus, that we're trading Jesus. We're putting him to the side because we're getting all of this and it's become a a, a a a god in our life, an idol in our life. But what happened to Judas? When Judas had it and he saw what happened, he saw what he lost. He went back and threw it back, trying to do it over again, right? Wanting to 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 fix what had happened, and he couldn't. Money had become such a God in his life, it was too late. And so, what happened? He went and he committed suicide, right? Because he realized that that act, putting money above Jesus, damned him to hell, right? There was nothing he could do to, to fix that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying everybody that's got a lot of money and has a lot of nice things oh, is going no. to hell. Right. What I'm saying is there is a danger when money becomes more
1: important to us than our faith, than God, when it replaces God, right, and our family as well, like right. you were saying earlier, when because sure. that 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 can be the destruction of many relationships within the marriage as well as friendships as well, mm-hmm. you know, as as we've seen that, um, because how the rate of divorces continues to increase, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of uh, what is it, like the first five years or 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 the twenty fifth year of a marriage, right? usually before kids there's or the after, issues yeah. or after kids when they're going yeah right and so it's one of those things where there's a lot of things that need to be centered in in one's life and in one's faith and in one's marriage and one's relationships and as we're getting around to it it's god not money sure you know the faith to to know how to treat and love people be generous you know have charity to be able to give freely without being attached to that sure monetary value is what you need to do Well, and that's always something
0: that that I used as a gauge for myself. When I'd go like, I don't have an issue with money, I'm generous. And then I'd go, I always ask myself, how am I tithing, right? Now, that's your business. But I ask myself, how am I tithing? And I'm like, man, I can't give 10%. But then I look at all the other stuff I've gone out and and bought. And it's like, no, it's not that I can't give 10%. It's because I want to take care of everything I want, need, and desire. And then if I have any left, I'll give it to Uh God. And that's, that's another reason why that can be an issue in your life, you know, is if, is if you look at that, it's a good question to go by, you know, to look at where money plays a role in your life. Um, but I want to talk about not just the negative, but some of the positives. And what we need to look at is how to handle money in our life, how to deal with this, because obviously there's some guys out there that are struggling with it, uh, or we wouldn't be doing the show right now. But I would say we need to look at our money as a blessing, right? A lot of times we look at it as something I earned, it's mine, you know, I've got my hands on it. I put in these hours. Here's my time sheet. This is my money. But if we remember that it's God's money, not mm-hmm. ours, it's a blessing that it was given to him by us. He gave us the bodies, the will, the energy, the way to go, the the intelligence to do whatever it is work we're doing in life, the work yeah, ethic right. to go make that money. So we are good. Stu- we are stewards of it, and we need to be good stewards of it. Um, this will keep us from attachment. It'll keep us from from that very thing of just wrapping our arms around it and when it becomes God's money then we're way more open to doing things with it to bless other people than just keep it for ourselves and it won't be as much of an issue because when it's God you're asking him what do you want done with it right uh, second, our money says in God we trust not the other way around right so we need to trust God you know that he will provide Again that verse from Hebrews, I will never forsake you or abandon you, right? So be content with what you have. We need to understand that. Be content. Don't look for more than you have. You know, don't sit there and wish you had more. Be content with what God's given you and be a good steward of it. Um, again, Jesus, if you look at the way what he tells us again and again, the fish and the taxes, right? God will provide. We need to trust in that. He went when 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 they had to have money, he said, Peter, go open the fish's mouth and give it and and, and pay the taxes. Uh, when when they were trying to feed the 5,000, what did he say? Uh, he provided the food, he provided the bread, and the fish when they said we have no money, he provided again there. Um, the birds of the air, we've read about that in Matthew and Luke and we've talked about it on the show a bunch. You know, They can either reap nor sow, but our Father in Heaven provides for them. Why do you worry about what you're to eat or what you're to wear, where do you lay your head? Jesus is trying to tell us again and again, money's an important thing in your life, you need it, but don't let it control you, don't let it separate it from you, don't let it just become an attachment for you or an idol in your life. Um, and God needs to be our true treasure because that's where our hearts will be, right? That's what it says yes. in Matthew mm-hmm. 6, 19. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, and I know that for a fact. Look, there was a time in my life a year ago where I suddenly was in ministry and lost my job and had no idea what to do. Started a nonprofit, had no money, you know, still don't have a lot of money in the nonprofit, but like, didn't have anything. Didn't know what we're gonna do and was scared to death. And my wife and I continue to pray and ask God, what do you want? If you want this to happen, if you want this to be something, then you'll provide. And he has. He has. The generous donations of the patrons, um, you know, he's provided for us to to be able to, to do the things we need to do here. So just we need to trust in that. So often we are so quick to forget what God has done for us in our life or what yeah. he can do, and we go back to looking at ourselves. I have to provide. I have to make this happen. I've got to will this and a lot of times that's when we become enslaved to the things that, that we think make those things possible for us. So we just need to continue to think about that and, and to just to to realize that, that, look, God is good and he's gonna provide for us no matter what. Amen. So guys, I, I hear that music. Chase God as hard as you've chased money and you'll be a saint. Be as concerned with God as you can be with money and things will right themselves. So let's take that to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, You have told us that the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't take long to look around this world we are living in to see how true that is. Help us to always see money as a blessing from you and as a means to bless others. And Father, whenever we find ourselves looking to money for hope and security, remind us that those things can only truly be found in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew.